Stephanie Schaefer, and you're listening to the North Star Narrative, a podcast from North Star Academy. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you're encouraged, challenged, and motivated by what you learned today. Enjoy the story. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Super excited because we have an NSA alumni with us today um, who graduated in 2010. She was a diplomat kid from the Philippines, but also lived in Korea and Egypt and did North Star courses while living in Egypt. Um, Today, we have Marie Suazo with us. Um, She is currently back in the Philippines, and she is an author, also a fellow podcaster. She enjoys singing and reading and spend time with her friends and her dogs and um, considers herself now an adult third culture kid because she was a diplomat kid um, and went through a lot of stuff as a TCK kid. So I know she's got some experience and knowledge that she's going to share with us today. The title of her book is Tales of a Diplomat's Daughter, and the title of her podcast is Talks with a TCK Friend. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you, Marie, and finding out more about your story. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I'm so excited. I have a deep heart and love for fellow NSAers, especially because I know what it's like to be there, been there, done that. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, so cool. So cool that we can connect. Um, So I don't know if I want to start with your experience at NSA or your dogs. How about your dogs? Tell us about (laughs) what type of dogs you have. I have the Filipino kind. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what their breed is, um, but they're, you know, Filipino dogs. And um, there, uh, there are three of them, Mia, Chloe, and Shelly. They're super cute. Uh, I call them my Wee Bear Bears because, um, you know, the show Wee Bear Bears, they're, um, there's like a panda one, the grizzly bear and ice bear, and they're the same colors as my dogs. So <laughs> that's why I call them my Wee Bear Bears. <laughs> so fun. Um so we have, for some reason, a snickerdoodle comes to my mind, but um, it's not a snickerdoodle. I just call him a snickerdoodle. He's a golden doodle, but he is almost two years old, be two years in November, and I just left him at the house out by himself for the first time. <laughs> so we'll see how he does. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I think it'll be good. One time, my husband did leave him in the house when he was outside mowing for a short period of time. And he came back in and he had destroyed a brand new pillow that oh, I had no. just bought. <laughs> so he, cause he was mad, but I think that's because he could see Charlie outside and knew he was there. So I'm hoping he'll just sleep. Hopefully fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. I'll email you and let you know, but are you able to leave your dogs out when you leave the house? So funny thing here in the Philippines, um, it tends to be cooler under the shade. And so they're actually out and about in our garage yard area. And so we can leave them there. And then there's like a garden there. So they can use the bathroom there too. So we just leave them out. um, So they're not in the house only. They're only in the house during rainstorms. We had, we have lots of storms here, but our dog was scared for the first time, just this last storm, but has never really noticed the storms before. Yeah, so he um, came and laid down right beside our bed. Anyway, dogs. I know you love dogs if you have three. (laughs) But tell us a little bit about your experience way back in 2010. So 13 years ago, what was it like to graduate from NSA? Wow. I'm trying to think back what it was like. (laughs) I remember really enjoying the social aspect of it. So meeting friends from around the world. 
And I really like the fact that I could just do school on my own terms. And I had a lot of um, extracurricular activities outside of school, uh, like church activities. And, you know, like when they needed volunteers during the week where other people couldn't go because they had to go to physical school. Like I just knew that I had to do schoolwork some other time during the week, but that I could help and volunteer. And so I really did enjoy having that kind of flexibility in high school. And yeah, I just remember making really good friends. Actually, one person um, we met through NSA and she's still one of my good friends. We've never met, but I had her on my podcast a couple of weeks ago and, you know, we still stay connected here and there. That's awesome. I love that you brought up social life first and then flexibility um, because there's still some people that think, oh, how will I have friends or Um, Am I just going to be all alone with the computer, you know, doing online school? So even back in 2010, um, you were able to experience friends at NSA. So that's awesome that you remember that. And, you know, friendships that last 13 years, right? Yeah. So good. So it's always fun to have alumni on and find out where they are. And so you're an author and a podcaster. Tell us a little bit about your book and your podcast and recommend... If our listeners were going to go to your podcast and listen to one podcast, which one would it be? Oh, wow. Okay. So my book first. Um, So my book is called Tales of a Diplomat's Daughter. And I write from a perspective of a child. And so I remember writing this and making sure that my perspective was very limited for that book in the sense I wanted it to be authentic, that um, what my childhood experience was like is just as it is, like from the perspective of a child. And I talk a lot about how I didn't understand a lot of things. I didn't understand why we were moving. I couldn't verbalize certain things. I didn't have the words to express certain sadness and grief. And I just didn't have the vocabulary for the emotions that I was feeling. And that's kind of like what I talk about in the book. And um, because I'm a diplomat's daughter, there were just certain expectations that um, different different layers of expectations that were put on me that I, as a kid, thought that I just had to do, like getting good grades and, you know, showing up to diplomatic parties like properly. And I always tell people the scene, but the scene from the Princess Diaries where Princess Mia learns how to do all that proper stuff with her grandma, that was my life. And um, having that pressure earlier on was really difficult for me because I thought that's how the world worked. And I didn't have the vocabulary or I didn't feel like I got the support that I needed um, as a kid. And so I write a lot about that. Like I remember writing about my parents not necessarily saying the words that you need to be perfect, but feeling like I needed to be perfect. And later on in life, kind of un- Packing that, kind of like peeling away the different layers of an onion and trying to figure out why I react to certain things this way or why do I feel the need to be perfect. And so that's pretty much what my book is all about, like talking about the coping mechanisms of um, what I've gone through, um, how I was able to walk through those steps, both in therapy and just in my social life in general. Um, And, you know, what made me a whole human being, I guess, especially with walking with my faith and what that looked like growing up. Um, you know, when you move around a lot, one of the biggest things that does get shaken is your faith. And I remember, uh, I do write about that in that book, in the book. Uh, so yeah, just <laughs> in general, that's just, a, a what it is in a nutshell. Um, and in my podcast, 
uh, what we do is basically the whole theme of the podcast is that there's hope and healing at the end of the day. And I would interview other third culture kids, not necessarily with similar views, but just um, different experiences that uh, just an opportunity for people to share their stories. And we talk a lot about uh, different things like relationships and um, friendships and what TCKs bring to the workplace and um, a whole bunch of different things, like even family, like what it's like to have parents, um, you know, growing up, having parents who didn't grow up as their culture kids and having to raise us as their culture kids, things like that. And so there's a variety of different po- topics on my podcast. Um, if I were to choose one, this is really hard because I feel like there's so many really good episodes to choose from. Um, I guess it really depends on what they're looking for. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, my podcast is like the whole feel of it is you grab a cup of coffee or you go to a cafe and you listen to, you pop up any of my podcasts and you just kind of listen to it. And it's kind of like you're drinking coffee with a third culture kid friend. And oh my goodness, I really don't know if I could choose because there's so many really good ones, but I guess I could recommend the one with my third culture. I mean, my NSA friend, Fallon, Fallon Matsudaira. And she and I talk about our high school days in NSA and we talk about the topic we talked about is marriage and relationships. And we talk about how what what does it mean to um what was it like for her to marry another third culture kid and why she chose that. And so there's a variety of different topics for sure. And I'm so like I would totally be down to hear any more topics a fellow NSAers would want to hear about so that I could record them. But you know, just to get that kind of um you know, what it was like for us as third culture kids in NSA. Um, I think that would be a really good episode. It's love and relationships, part one, two, (laughs) one of those, (laughs) but her name is Fallon. So just look it up. (laughs) So good. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking all the TCK kids listening um, and even parents and adult TCKs, like they would be good. There's so many people here that could come on your podcast and could share their stories. So hopefully if you're listening, you could check out Marie's podcast and contact her. Yeah. If you've got a story you want to tell and wow, your book um, is just a valuable resource um, to sit down. So I love it that both are so relational, both are sharing your story and yeah, just, I love a good cup of coffee and like (laughs) to uh, sit down and listen. So what's your favorite type of coffee? Oh, I actually don't drink coffee. I drink tea. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite flavor of tea? It's um chai tea lattes. Those are amazing. <laughs> yeah. I know. My sister yeah. loves those. I um, um I, w- I was just going to add um so my next book so my Tales of a Diplomat's Daughter series is actually a trilogy and so my next book will be coming out next spring and it's all about transitioning from being a high school student as a third culture kid and going back to in quote your home culture for college and what that looks like and for me my home culture was Korea because I'm going back to Korea um after like growing up there and what that's like and thinking that you're going back to the same place, mm-hmm. to the same home, to the same friends, but none of that is the same. And then you're growing up trying to get to know yourself a little bit better. So for anyone who um, might be going to college soon, um, you know, I'm just saying <laughs> my book will be coming out next spring. So if you guys are interested in that kind of topic. Yeah. So good. Um, can't wait to check it out. So I love that you are invested in people with their with mental health and hope and healing that you offer 
through um, all the avenues that you get to talk with people and share. So um, do you want to walk through maybe your story of any childhood trauma and where you have found hope and healing and now why you love to share that with others? Oh, wow. Um, So I could choose a whole bunch of different topics for sure when I was a kid, but I actually had an an amazing opportunity this past May to speak at different international schools back in Korea. So I could literally tell them I've been there, done that. And I spoke at three different international schools. One of it was my alma mater when I actually went to school there in elementary. And one of the topics that I talked about in every single school was just the pressure of perfection. And I think whether they, you know, especially if you go to international school, that means that there is a certain level of expectation that is put on you, whether it's verbally said or not said. Um, I think as kids in that circle, um, it's just like, okay, in order for you to get a good job, you need to get good grades, right? In order for you to get good grades, you know, you need to study hard and all these different things. And especially in Korea, the culture of where you have to study, study, study is very big there. And so um, one of the things that I struggled through as a kid is just the idea of thinking that there is that I had to be perfect and that I couldn't mess up. And if I did, then it would screw up my entire timeline or life or and my parents will not approve of like the choices that I would make um, just because I was just bound by this fear of perfection. And so in the book, I talk a lot about how because I lacked the vocabulary to express how I was feeling because no one taught me that. No one took me through the step of step by step. And I learned all of this in therapy while I was also studying mental health in grad school. And um, that became the turning point for me, because at that point in my life, what I would do is because everyone in society um, around me was telling me how, in quote, sensitive I was. I was too much. I was crying too much. I was, you know, like I just needed to. My parents didn't say this, but I talk about this in the book, but it felt like they might as well have said, suck it up and move on. And I, I, they never said that to me, but because of they, because they would be, they would say things like, Um, If you don't think about it enough, like if you don't think about it too much, it won't affect you. Or, you know, like God has better plans in your life. And, you know, like, although that is true, um, you know, Jesus still grieved. I talk about this to people all the time, like before he went to the cross, like he still grieved, even though he knew he was going to rise from the dead and all that stuff. And even with Lazarus, he knew that he was going to rise Lazarus from the dead, but he still cried and he still grieved. And if Jesus is the example we're supposed to live by, why can't we cry? Why can't we grieve? And um, for me, that was very pivotal once I learned how important it is to grieve and go through the different layers of grief and that there's that's not a weakness. It's actually a strength. Your vulnerability is a strength. And I'm just really, um, I want people to know that there's hope and healing because I felt so alone for so long as a third culture kid, even though I did have some friends that were third culture kids, I didn't feel like a lot of people around me talked about emotions or at least a way in a way that made sense to me or in a way that I felt safe enough to be able to open that much. And, you know, I don't know if there's other um, uh, more Asian cultures that are more reserved that are listening, but growing up with Asian cultures and Asian parents, that was kind of like the expectation. Like, why would you talk about emotions? You know, like you're fed, you're clothed, you're housed, you know, you go to a good school, like that, that should be enough. And I think um, I talk about this in my book as well, where it's a little bit of a historical thing where 
they're post-war. You know, if they're fed, they're clothed, you're going to a good school, that should be enough, right? Mm -hmm. And there's no layer of mental health that comes with it, especially because mental health has become a lot more popular um, more recently. Um, I didn't feel like my parents had the tools or even during that time, the government gave them enough tools to be able to raise their culture kids. And for me, I, I don't hold it against my parents. You know, it's just like learning something new, but me expecting them to know all these things just because I felt like they need, they owed me something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't hold that against them. I just know that at the end of the day that, um, you know, everyone's not perfect. And, you know, just because I had these expectations of my parents to raise me a certain way or, you know, speak to me in a way that could connect with me, um, doesn't mean that they didn't do their best. And I think that's the message that I wanted really for people to know is that at the end of the day, your parents did your best. Um, get help if you need to. I do have very practical steps that I talk about in the book, um, like journaling and getting help if you need to. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like in a nutshell what my message is because I've always wanted people, I wanted to what I want for this next generation is the me that I wanted for myself um, during that time, which is why I have the podcast, like for people to know that they're not alone and that um, for new conversations to kind of just be stirred up and opened and the idea of, you know, like, oh, someone feels this way. Oh, like, you know, someone could relate to me and for them to not feel so alone. I love your story and how you've just pressed in and, and walked through um, what it was like growing up and process that. And for any parents of TCKs that are listening, um, check out podcast 191 with Amy Shufflin because she shares some really good wisdom um, for parents that have TCK kids. So definitely check out that episode 191. Marie, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, mental health, I love that it's become a broader discussion and people feel more comfortable getting help um, and discussing and opening up and becoming vulnerable. Um, why do you think that we have reached a point where it is more of an open discussion now? Well, to be honest, I think that despite the fact that we are so well connected through social media and you know the internet and being able to talk with our third culture kid friends and keep up with so many people, I think that we're actually very lonely. And you know, no matter how connected we feel with people through social media, there isn't any other way to really feel connected unless you're actually physically there with someone. And so I think that's why, because people are more at home and playing, you know, games, video games and watching movies all on their own, like, I think the aspect of community is lacking, which is why all this stuff comes to the surface. Um, All these things of, because this is something I talked about when I got to speak at the different international schools a couple months ago. One of it was um, in the silence, that's when all this stuff comes out um, because you're not really bothered with anything that, you know, you're not distracted by different things. Like if you go out and play or something like that, um, it's in the stillness where all this comes out. And that's why I believe that mental health has become more of a discussion nowadays is because especially with the pandemic that just happened, everyone was isolated. And it was in those moments of rest and quietness that all these things came out, which is why it now has to be dealt with. And that's why this generation, I believe, is pressing on for answers. And they want something more tangible than what they're experiencing. And I think 
there's definitely a pro and con to the stillness for sure, but I think there's more of a a pro to that if you press it and if you put in the hard work, Mm -hmm. which would be um, when these emotions come up, um, getting the help that you need. And there's no shame in getting therapy um, because I think for the longest time I thought that it wasn't okay to get therapy and that I could figure it out myself, but that's not true. That's why we need community. That's why we need people around us to cheer us on and get the help that we need. And I mention this in the book, it's like, if something's happening on inside of us, like internally bleeding because of something that happened, we don't really experience it on a daily basis, but that's kind of like what we're going through with mental health. Um, You know, if you don't address it, then it's just going to continue on pestering you inside until before you know it, it, it's detrimental to your Mm -hmm. health. And I think that's why I feel like, you know, being in the stillness and, um, you know, all this stuff coming up, um, it's not for you to ignore it. It's for you to listen to it and actually do something about it. Mm, that's good. And I love NSA. The community just continues to grow and grow. And we have TCK and MK groups that are live and they get to talk together and process things. So if you're a student and you're listening and you didn't know that, um, check it out. You can reach out to Mr. Alan Hester, our spiritual life director, and then Mrs. Michelle Wigington. You can find them on Teams to find out more. But I think we have that for all ages now because we had it for older kids. And then the elementary are like, we want one too. And um, so, yeah, that is just a really good avenue to make friends that are in the same space as you and to process things. So I would encourage anybody that's here at NSA to check that out. And it's just so cool. That's just one example of all the different ways that we have um, community here. And so Marie, um, I know you've been able to come one time and speak to the kids, but you're welcome back anytime to come um, as we gain more students across the globe that are TCKs. And I know you'd be a, a real encouragement to them. I'd love to, honestly, like being able to talk to them and answer their questions. It was really good. And, you know, just for me to kind of speak life into that area. Um, I remember even when I was talking at these different international schools, one of the questions that came up was, what would you tell your 17-year-old self if you were sitting here? And I remember saying um, that at the end of the day, God's got you. Like no matter what happens at the end, you know, like for them to kind of see somebody who's kind of been there, done that, like 10 years, what their life would be like. And I'm just like, not to worry, do not be anxious about anything, but God will take care of you. Because um, even though I felt like I was going down, um, you know, meandering through life, not really knowing what was going on. At the end of the day, I never thought that my experience and my hardships that I've gone through as a third culture kid would ever be in a place to be a writer, which is something that I've been yearning to do forever. And also to to have a podcast that it just blows my mind to be able to speak into people's lives like this. And so you guys be encouraged knowing that at the end of the day, God will take care of you. So good. It's just a joy to be able to sit here with you and just experience the calmness and the peace that God has given you as you've just walked through the story that he's writing and um, creating for you. And the story really is just beginning. Um, You're still super young. And so, (laughs) yeah, it's going to be cool to see that trilogy unfold and all the lives that you're going to be able to continue to reach, um, whether they're reading what's happening in your life or um, listening. So I really hope that more of our alumni um, and our current students will 
connect with you and listen to the podcast and then maybe even be on um, and just reach out to you for questions. And I know the hope and healing in Jesus that you, you want to share. So as we wrap up, is there any um, thing that you um, want to share that you haven't yet? Honestly, um, I just, I'm just really excited to know that there's other people being blessed by my story and um, I'm, I don't bite. So feel free to reach out. Um, I have social media. So I, uh, Instagram, Marie Swazo author, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, Marie Swazo author. And I think at the end of the day, just know that you're really not alone. And mm-hmm. I think the enemy, you know, he wants to steal, kill and destroy whatever comes, um, you know, that, that life abundantly that God wants to give us. And I think one of those ways really is thinking that, oh, you're the only one that thinks that way, or you're the only one that's experiencing that and isolating you, but that's not true. And like the mm-hmm. more that I get to hear people's stories and the more that I get to know other their culture kids and, you know, just for my experience alone, um, I know that not saying that everybody thinks the same, but, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it says that there's nothing new under the sun. And so have hope knowing that at the end of the day, it's okay. Um, what you're going through isn't something to be ashamed of. Um, we've all gone through it in one way or another. Your your experience might be your own. I may not fully understand what you're fully going through, but know that there are people there to cheer you on and encourage you and help you walk through that journey. And so feel free to reach out. I'm really excited. I'm so honored. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me here. Um, it's just always such a joy to be able to speak to other NSAers. Yeah, so, so good. Um, to have you on. So thank you for staying up late. Everybody, it's 11 p.m. for Marie. Um, well, 11.30 now, huh? So <laughs> thank you so much. Hope you get a good night's rest and we'll be able to get up fresh for your job in the morning. I hope so too. I'm sure. But honestly, this is worth it. I'll do it in a heartbeat all over again. <laughs> yeah. I love your heart. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions for our guest or would like information about North Star, please email us at podcast at nsa.school. We love having guests on our show and getting to hear their stories. If you have anyone in mind that you think would be a great guest to feature, please email us and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming stories.